I can hear myself. Whoa. The Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. How about me? We're, we're live. All right. Welcome hey, to the uh, Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast. The podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R, and SinceRightNow.com, with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. Sorry, John. We're going to dial you in in a minute, bud. We're just going to do... No, I gotta fix that. Um, He's telling us that you got up at 4:30 this morning to meditate. Well, I gotta work out first. Oh. That's crazy, I'm trying to like reprogram my sleep, even though you're supposed to not. Re- I've recently, it's come out that you, that your sleep cycle is sort of ingrained. It's part of who you are. Like if you're a morning person, you're a morning person. If you're a night person, you're a night person. But so this I is something up, you don't choose to be. You just are. Yeah, it's kind of like it becomes yeah. like. Uh, yeah, um, and I'd stay up super late, and I would, if I had my druthers, I'd sleep in. But, um, but I want to go to bed right. early, no and I want to. Uh, I was having trouble figuring out when to work out, and yeah. I wanted to meditate, and like fitting that in during the day, I just don't get to it. Yeah. So I thought, and lately I've been just like waking up just because, in a pretty good state at like 4 30 wow. i thought you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna wake up i'm just gonna get up i'm not gonna go back to sleep which is what i've been doing yeah and uh work out and meditate that's what i did this nice. morning for so, the first so did you time. work out first and then meditate worked out and then meditate so i was nice and tired yeah yeah and then i meditated and what and what was your meditation practice like 20 minutes 15 minutes? 10 minutes 10 that's minutes. what i'm starting with with headspace right. with headspace is what i'm getting back to just to andy, like just english to retrain guy? what andy the english guy andy yeah Andy. Just to to retrain, you know, the the process of getting yeah. yourself chill, getting sure. your breathing down, and all yeah. that, and uh, yeah, it's just good, man. Good. Meditating awesome. is awesome. It is. Right. This was, I mean, I, I, after I was done working out, I was like, ah, oh, this is awesome. I feel great. You know, it's five fifteen in the morning. <laughs> I, I did. I was like, awesome. <laughs> I, and uh, I should do that. You should do that. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, so. So I'm just I'm fading a little bit. Yeah, um, right now you're if you're feeling it. I'm fading. A, yeah, it's basically bedtime for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know I'll I'll come back. Um, I'm here. I'm not. I don't need to come back. I'm here. These nights, Wednesday nights after the podcast are my sleepless. Right. Nights. Me too. Last Wednesday I slept zero hours. Yeah. Why? Did not sleep at all. You're kidding. Yeah. Oh, I saw Jeff at work the next day. Yeah. And he's like, I slept four hours. Yeah. He slept wow. four hours more than me. So I promised Micah I wouldn't drink a lot of coffee tonight. Yeah. See, <laughs> that doesn't affect me that way. I, I, it's a cup of coffee, dude. I'm drinking it. I mean, I got, even on Wednesday nights, I'm like asleep by like midnight and wake up at, you know, 630. I, yeah. That's weird. That keeps you guys up all night. Huh? Yeah. Well, well like, yeah. Well, don't drink coffee then. Okay. Well, not so not good happen. though. Okay. Yeah, that's not make, gonna happen. Make shittier Chris? coffee and love yeah. deal. Make like watery shit coffee. Yeah. I can't do it. All right. Let's see. Do you want me to make um, shitty coffee? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's uh, just a little panic in our voice. Like, no, no, no. don't. Let's uh, let's dial in the man of the hour. All right. Is that is that all? Did you want to? Is that you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Know that I got up early. Yeah. Um. Oops. Here, Here we, we go. go. 
John. Hey. 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 Wait, are you in Canada? Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, so we've got John, DJ FM. If uh, you were listening, John, I apologize. We talked over your intro of all the episodes to talk over the intro. This was not the one to do it. We normally um, don't do that, John. Thanks. And uh, for those that aren't aware, John is the mastermind, the genius, the incredibly gracious creator behind our intro and our outro themes. Um, and I, I'm going to apologize because I know them now as our intro and outro themes. But um, <laughs> they were what, what are their that. proper names? Uh, Memory and uh, Cradle. Yes. Uh, they were off my artist album, Last Man Standing, that I, that I finished in 2014. Um, yeah. so. That's awesome. And that's, we had had you on right after, so it was two years ago. Yeah. So we had you on right after you had finished that album, right? The first time. Yeah. Right after I'd released it. Um, you know, honestly, when I first talked to you, I didn't even have a year sober. I had just come in off a relapse and I had just managed. I actually, no, I had just a year sober at that point. And uh, most of the album uh, was written while I was living in an Oxford house. The first, probably the first 10 months that I was in early recovery, I lived in an Oxford house. Wow. And, and so I basically, I mean, music was all I had at that point. And so I just, you know, I had this tiny little cinder block bedroom in the basement and I would just sit down there with my, with my Mac and my guitars and my, my mic and I would just compose music. You know, and they they would always make fun of me. They'd be like, Jonathan, what are you doing down there? You know, like I was up to no good, yeah. which which of course I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it, it was a great way for me to get out a lot of the emotions that I was feeling at that time. Wow. Um, I mean, you just so much conflict. Um, and I mean, you know, there are people who come into recovery and in various stages. You know, some people make it in. Um, you know, they haven't had too many consequences. They were able to go, Hey, I, this is a train I need to get off of. And unfortunately for me, I just, I couldn't do that. And so I created a lot of problems for myself and music as it always has been was the thing that kept me sane through it all. Um, and that's one of the great things that I learned in recovery is that I make music so much better being clean and sober. That's cool. Um, and it's I've written more. I mean, my output, my creative output in the last three years is probably triple anything that I'd done in probably the previous 10 years. Yeah, I was going to so, say, I don't know what your, your output was like before, but I mean, just watching from a distance all the work you're doing with as DJFM and then with Roxaboxin and um, there's another project. Uh, yeah, there was a project called Born Like This, which was right. uh, me and a uh, guitar player in recovery. And, um, you know, I moved to Greensboro, North Carolina, probably back in December. And he and I both were in Chapel Hill. So once I moved, it was, um, it was just, it was difficult wow. uh, for us to write. Um, the reason that I stayed with Roxaboxin is because, um, you know, those guys and I collaborate uh, electronically. Um, you know, I, I, I will remix things or they'll send me ideas. Mm -hmm. I'll produce them. And then we get together probably three times a month for band practice, you know, which does involve me driving, but you know, I've, I've known those guys for a long time 
and you know none of them are in recovery um i'm but it you know for me it's just another musical project where i where i can um you know express myself yeah so so let's go back i love listening to the that oxford house moment you're there making this album so literally our intro and outro is written by a guy in early recovery which is amazing do you do you listen to that and does that take you back to that time and did you start to feel you turning that corner creatively right even then um i really i just ran with the emotion yeah um i didn't i didn't really think about it i mean i you know, I don't want to make it sound like I was completely useless in active addiction. Um, you know, I, which yeah, fair enough. I mean, at, Somehow at, you at made time, it through your life, you at times you did shit. Right at times, I mean, I did build DJ FM as an identity, as a musical identity, while I was yeah. basically out there drinking, and then it just progressively the the drinking and the drug use just progressively got worse and worse and worse. And I kept getting more and more high-profile gigs. Made it a lot harder. I mean, because when you're always in clubs and you're surrounded by basically a perfect group of enablers, mm -hmm. um, you're really, you know, you win in Rome. Yeah. So um, a lot of the songs were, they were just sort of ideas. You know, there were like 20 or 30 second demos that I had done that were kind of just sitting around. Um and I was able to take them and piece them together into full instrumentals or full songs. Um, but I needed that quiet and that solitude to be able to do it. Yeah. And when you're, when you're partying and you're passed out and, you know, losing jobs and, you know, pissing people off, your, your life really isn't that quiet place where you can, where you can sit back and do work yeah. uh, on mute, on music, on anything. Um, and for me, for me, that Oxford house was, you know, the perfect place to do it. Um, so I, I actually owe that organization quite a bit. That's and awesome. I know, I think the last time you were on was the first time and maybe the last time I had actually had Oxford house explain to me. I didn't know what it was before you came on last time. I don't think, um, can you just maybe explain it for the people that don't? Cause I feel like there might be a number of people even in recovery that don't know what. Oh, sure. Yeah, it, it is a sober living environment, basically, for people who are who are in recovery. Um, it's they're traditionally based around. Uh, well, I'm not going to say they're based around the 12 steps, but uh, attendance of 12 step meetings is required. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so there is that component. And, you know, I'm I sort of come from that model of recovery. Um, you know, 12, 12 step recovery, right. but not that that's the only way to, sure. to find recovery because, you know, as I've learned over the last, you know, seven years in and out of rehab and in and out of the rooms, there are a million ways to do it. But the great thing about Oxford house is it gives, it gives a person in recovery an opportunity to get back on their feet mm -hmm. and get back, get back to work and, you know, really be of service. Cause you're, you're right there. Um, with, you know, usually six or seven other guys or women. Um, the houses are, you know, of course, separated wow. by gender. But, yeah. Um, and uh, I thought you meant you were either there with seven other guys yeah, or seven too. women. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I didn't, you didn't mention that. Hmm. Oh, oh, an Oxford house. That's, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a dangerous situation. So, but, um, it's sober but, living... And how does that work? I mean, is it do you pay rent or how does that work? Uh, yeah, you pay rent by the week. Okay. Um, it's it, it depends. Um, 
usually it's anywhere from you know 80 to 120 maybe 130 dollars a week mm. um and you have to pay it either either by cash or by um like a money order right. or a cashier's check um so it keeps you honest mm. you know especially if you were somebody out there who was just throwing all their money at, at drugs it gets you know you you get you understand really quickly you know that you can't just throw away your money right. um, when you're living there otherwise you can't live yeah um and it's and a zero Matt, strike uh, policy, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it sounds um, you like get, a place I was in. You get oh, it, it's zero strikes if you relapse. Like uh-huh. if you if you end up using and somebody finds out and they test you, um, you know, you have a certain a lot of period of time to pack up your things and leave the house, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else, it, it just kind of depends on the individual house rules. Um, you know, you have chores to do around the house. You have Um, you know, you have to keep up with your meetings. The first 30 days that you're typically in an Oxford house, you're on what's called a newcomer contract. So basically you're, you know, you have to attend a certain number of meetings within a month. You have to, you know, do your chores. You have to be seeking work out of the house. You can't just be, you know, sitting around watching television or, or whatever. Um, or in my case, making music. But <laughs> what is that guy yeah, doing? I, right, I guarantee you, I'm the only person that's ever lived in an Oxford house that had a Mac Pro tower. I guarantee. I was gonna you. say that didn't that that was one thing missing from my Oxford house experience was <laughs> any electronics of any kind. Said, I mean, what I do. Yeah, I brought it in, and they looked at it. And it was, they thought it was a bomb. You know, they thought it was. A, <laughs> <laughs> and it was. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll say this, you know, if the concept of principles before personalities, you will learn in an Oxford house because (laughs) you don't really have a choice of what, especially if you're a newcomer, you don't really have a choice of roommate. You certainly don't have a choice of how housemates. And I mean, I had nowhere else to go (laughs) and that's both times, both in early recovery, the first time I, I got sober. And then after my relapse, I had nobody, there was nobody I could stay with. There was no one I could turn to. And that, that was it. So I, I pretty much had to, I just had to work. I had to make it work. Yeah. Um, but, but again, you, it, it keeps you humble and it teaches you and it teaches you how to just deal with other people, whether they're absolutely off their rocker or, or if there's somebody that you get along with, you learn how to get along with. Yeah. Really, really different personalities. The, the being a DJ is like this totally ego feeding intoxicating power thing you know you get to go out and it's you're exactly right you're surrounded by enablers and then to end up there that um it's super humbling right like just to get to get end up at that place but i love the fact that like all of a sudden the music part was still there you know well and the great thing about again i you know, I can't say enough good things about the organization and the, especially the guys who I lived with the first time out because they were really supportive. Uh, you know, they they said, you know, they they would constantly remind me, you know, because they were all older than I was. They'd had, you know, more times going back out. So they, you know, they were very encouraging. And they said, you know, I was like, I think I've just booked a DJ gig. And they were like, cool, enjoy it. Just don't get drunk. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, that, that's what, you know, just come back. And the more you do that and the more you're used to it, you, you know, it just becomes, it becomes second nature. And you realize two things. A, 
you do a better job of whatever it is you do when you're sober and B you, um, you start to view it as, you know, as a, as a job. I mean, it's an awesome job, but it's still, it's a responsibility. These people are paying me to be here to do this and to entertain these people. And it's, I mean, it's a responsibility and, yeah, you um, just kind of learn that you it's like you it's so funny all those things that you learn just kind of how to be an adult i guess in recovery just all those stupid little things that seem obvious showing up on time keeping your word that kind of shit yeah the showing up on time thing i'm still working on <laughs> <laughs> you're a dj um i'll never be a morning person yeah never be a morning uh we, we were yeah. just talking about um rain giving you into being our dj at our sober morning rave we were gonna do but uh maybe we'll have to do it at night if you're gonna you can pull it. an all-nighter and it'll yeah, feel there like you go. night yeah, there you yeah. go How- well and see but, and see, that's I, I really um, like I, I'm really excited by a lot of those like the daybreaker parties mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. are happening. I yeah. mean, that's I mean, it's just it's great to see. I mean, for me, I, I couldn't make it to a club at six o'clock in the morning. Like if I had been up. Yeah. Right. You know, if I had it, back in the day, if I'd been going to a rave, I would have just stayed up all night. And sure. then I'm at the club. I'm at the club at six o'clock in the morning, right. you know, by default. But um yeah, it's interesting what you say about um, being a DJ and having your ego fed. Yeah, um, it didn't. It didn't used to be that way. At least when I was first going to parties, um, you almost didn't even know who the DJ was. You know, mm-hmm. everyone was so. It was such a small, especially in in North Carolina. It, they were such small, tight knit groups. Um, you know, when when there would be a big party with big name DJs, sure you'd have two, three, four thousand people show up, but for the local parties, it was just, you know, y- you would know. Oh, I'm excited to hear this DJ, but you would be excited to hear the music they played. It wasn't just here's you know here's this guy that's an Abercrombie model standing up there and waving their arms. It was some guy who was focused on the music that they were playing. A because they were using records and i mean that's it requires a different kind of concentration digital media digital media doesn't require the same amount of concentration as it does to play a vinyl record um and beat match it with another i mean there's just there's a lot of concentration that's going on there so you couldn't just you couldn't just be standing there you know waving your arms around and jumping up and down because you have to mix in the next song and you have to know you have to remember okay here comes the drop you can't just immediately hit a cue point and switch back but it did not used to be about egos and i think just the way that the current edm scene is is happening um i mean because it is mainstream you have that mainstream influence you have mainstream you have mainstream concert promoters that come in and you know they what they understand is the rock and pop world they understand these personalities um yeah you know who who can basically command a stage like the Beyonces and um, you know Prince rest in peace um, entertainers like that people with real real ability and they just do the same thing with with DJs it's like here's this guy let's just put tons of cameras on him and blast him on these huge monitors and we'll have all this projection mapping going on and (laughs) you don't know you don't know whether it's being mixed live or not i mean sometimes the light show is so elaborate 
they'll just can't tell. play it. You can't tell whether they're playing a pre-recorded set yeah. unless unless something screws up with the technology. And then and then you know you have the milli vanilli moment yeah, and then yeah, you know it's, it's like oops. Um, and those funny. get caught, and those get caught on, you know, iPhones. And I was going to say get caught. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Your lack of ego was on display a year ago when you came and you played upstairs at the Argonaut for Absolutely. um for our little shindig and <laughs> which is which, and and you know what's crazy is now that place is gone um uh, you know which is which yeah it's uh, really sad the owners uh i saw it on twitter the owners shuttered they basically came in and shut the door oh, I didn't know that. on the on the place yeah so oh, scott shit. and scott and his wife have had to make uh, a lot of quick adjustments there um oh, so that's no, I missed that. you know but but that's it, yeah, it's interesting that that that's where we all came together. You know, mm-hmm. here was this literally this moment that could never happen again. Right. Like wow. that. Um, and that will, that, that weekend will always be special to me f- for that very reason. Yeah. It's yeah, just no, that it, night. It was amazing getting to meet all the, all, all of these people, all of us um, together. That was fantastic. Yeah, it really and, was. You know, I think everybody there holds out hope that, uh, you know, something like that can happen again. We're, you know, I don't know what you're doing in November, uh, whatever, but, we're, we're going to be in Austin. November, November 7th or 10th, I think. No, I think not it's 7th actually 10th. the 10th uh, or 13th. It's the 11th and the 12th. Okay. I <laughs> totally missed that. The <laughs> it's on the thing. site. It's on right. the calendar on right. the site. Hilarious. But uh, we're going to be in Austin. So, um, so are you... Is it hard to be a DJ right now with all this? Like when you go do this, these things? Yeah, what's, a lot more what's drugs, it like in Rome? More, you know, yeah. as, as you were saying, like what's... Oh, how is it being in a club now? Yeah. Well, I mean, locally, it's or not just, difficult to... Yeah. Locally, it's not it's not difficult at all. And, you know, honestly, uh, in, you know, when I came back in, I was going to a lot more shows than I am now. Um, you know, a lot. I'll occasionally go out to a show now, but I've just sort of lost interest in being the person that that goes to see the shows. Like I've mm-hmm. gone to see if I've gone to see a few bands. <clears throat> I've gone to see a few DJs and I try to support as much as I can. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm. 43 years old so i you know i get home from work and usually i just want to sit down and you know chill out chill out walk my dog you know be with my be with my girlfriend uh make music practice all all these other things and and then i save the gigs for for the weekends and i think that for me being an independent artist um it's that's probably been the greatest the greatest thing is that i've been able to grow this thing, you know, whatever it ends up being on my own terms, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't had any pressure. Oh, I've got to release this. I've got to do this. I've, you know, my goal is to get signed. You know, my goal is absolutely not to get signed. Um, because then I would lose, mm-hmm. I would lose my artistic freedom. You know, I mean, I guess I say that having never been signed, but when I started out, that was, that, that was, was definitely that yeah. was the goal because yeah. it was the late it was the late nineties. Mm. You know, Nap, Napster hadn't even happened at that point, so CDs were still, okay. you know, they were still a, a a thing. And and now it's, you know, it sales sales of actual physical music have have dwindled just, you know, to a point where it's almost it's almost not even feasible to have a brick and mortar record label it would seem to me well and some of it is what what you do i mean i think uh, i don't know a lot about the music industry but i mean it's always 
said that that the artist makes money off of like touring in the merch, right? And yeah. so a lot of it is that that branding. And I know you were involved in, and you talked briefly about in the pre-calls about a rave clean, which mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess shared shared shares. I don't know what where it is now, but um, some bears some similarities to things like Morning Glory and Daybreaker mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. concept, right? Yeah, I mean, when except when we started, <laughs> yeah, except it's right when we, when we when when we started Rave Clean, yeah. um, you know, initially it was. I mean, the first Rave Clean event was held in the basement of a church. It was it was basically done as a specific home group anniversary celebration, so that we didn't have to clear it with with the area chapter for that particular meeting. We just said, oh, it's a home group anniversary celebration which doubled as this doubled as a rave so we had a hundred people who came as far as you know from greensboro and i think even wilmington um to come to come to this party we had about a hundred people and then we threw another event in uh in greensboro which has a really really strong recovery community um you know, and I was super excited about it, and we had just, you know, filed our nonprofit status, and you know, everything was off the hook. Um, and then, trying to figure out how to put this diplomatically, because um, I still have, you know, there's still a lot of resentment animosity. there, Anima- yeah, animosity. Uh-oh. I think. Probably- um, there were two or three of you that. There were well, so the the group as a whole was. It was started by two guys that became three. Then I came on board, and then uh, we added one more person, uh, Rachel, who who you met, Rachel Riding. Right. Um, uh, and you know that weekend we had come up to we'd come up to Unite to Face Addiction to promote Rave Clean and just hand out postcards and say, "Hey, this is what we're all about." Um, but it, I, I think it goes back to that old that old adage uh, from the rooms, you know, a sober horse thief is still a horse thief. Right. I can already tell you, as you're telling the story, I'm like, oh, this isn't going to end. Well. Somebody's still horses you know, are going to be missing. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, so we had, I mean, basically, you know, an individual from the group who was in a pretty, you know, pretty high position of, of authority over, over Rave Clean, um, you know, I guess this person was having money difficulties and you know even though they had a network of people that they could have turned to certainly could have turned to me you know i would have been would have been happy to help but instead they decided they were going to take money from us Uh, from various various organizations you know that they were involved with and non-trivial amounts i mean we're talking you know I, well, I'm not going to get into dollar amounts, yeah. but it's definitely it's definitely non-trivial amounts of money. Wow. Um, and you know that was kind of a punch in the gut. Yeah. Uh, because I I mean I had sh- basically thrown I had thrown a lot of my own money at this thing. Uh, Rachel had as well. I mean all of the everybody had contributed uh, quite a bit, just in terms of resources, money, time, and then to turn around and here's you know here's this this person that has decided that they, you know, they're just going to try to protect their ego and their pride. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what they were thinking, but Let like that I said, be a lesson to all of you people on their recovery, 
that's but don't get into business with other people in recovery sometimes hey. well don't sometimes. just don't <laughs> don't asterisk it's asterisk the, yeah, the lesson probably the le- for me the lesson the lesson yeah, yeah i mean it's dodgy no matter where you go yeah, and that's yeah. the point and don't don't assume that just because you're going into business with other people in recovery yeah. that they are that they are going to just automatically do right by you because everybody's living, you know, because yeah. you get in that 12 step mindset, especially if you mm-hmm. meet other people. Not yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. And, um, you know, that's that's not the case. So, you know, we I mean, the organization at this point is basically dormant. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I I resigned from the board probably, I want to say, like six months ago, maybe mm-hmm. longer. So uh, but I still raves? did they actually pull a couple raves off. Like, we, was that yeah, the whole we point? Did, like it's we a did giant three. Rave that, okay, that that was the whole point. And they were that successful. It was, and and they were very successful. Yeah. We actually have, um, you know, there's if you go on my YouTube channel and search for rave clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there's actually there's actually a video of our second party that was in Greensboro where we doubled the amount of people wow. um, that, that came out and it was I mean it was it was a lot of fun it yeah. was it was a lot of hard work a lot of you know a lot of things to be learned um, but now I see you know um, I'll have to pull it up on Facebook but there's a group in uh, in Virginia in Richmond Virginia mm-hmm. that just re- that just recently threw uh, a recovery rave and i i wrote to that gentleman and as well as uh one of the other uh, rave clean uh djs nick um and you know hopefully we'll be able to go up there and maybe play one of their events that's cool um just because i i still believe in the idea i mean i i believe that the idea of 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 having a dance party that is open to that is open to all i mean i think that was that was the big thing is that Originally, we had in- intended it only for people in recovery, right. yeah. and and because that that was right because that was our the, but that was our audience sure. right. is mostly people in recovery, and then it started to be people in recovery and our advocates, right. and then you know a young woman who came out to our second rave rave clean event, um, you know a person not in recovery but friendly uh, certainly. Uh, an ally of recovery came out and, and now she's doing events in Greensboro herself. And you know, it's just, it, it's kind of, um, it's just neat to see all the things that have happened as a result of rave clean. Yeah. That's Um, cool. The thing that I I was curious about just in terms of rave clean and like morning Gloryville and daybreaker. I mean, those are all the whole point of all those isn't, isn't about necessarily recovery or Mm -hmm. even it's about sober, Mm -hmm raving yeah right it's well it's yeah it's about learning to enjoy that environment uh sober which which isn't which isn't traditionally the case i mean ordinarily the whole reason you go to a dance club is to is to get fucked up and right Mm -hmm. and 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 dance and you can still do that yeah right and i didn't Mm -hmm. you know i i I didn't believe that that was possible like i just Mm -hmm. it took me it took me a long time to think wow you you mean you can actually get enough people together to make it mm-hmm. i mean as much as i hate to say it profitable for the club sure. yeah you know because it's it's still a business right yeah. um it's, how much did it's, you charge was it was there a different economic model so if they're not buying drinks they're it was, paying 20 it, bucks to get in and 
Uh, actually, we, we weren't charging to get in. Okay. Uh, we were doing it completely donation-based, okay. which... Oh, um, I like that. We, well... You don't like no, that. don't like it. Bad <laughs> idea. Well, no, no. It sounds, it sounds wonderful, <laughs> right? It sounds wonderful on the surface. Yeah. But um, it didn't quite turn out because that people way. People are scumbags. I, yeah. So we need 20 bucks to get in. I'm kidding. 15. Sometimes they are, yeah. but most of the time they're just, they're either broke or they're just like, yeah, this is, all, I've only got. People are broke scumbags. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> Breaking news. Um, but uh, anyway. Sorry. Um, no, no, it's, it's fine. But I mean, the other, the other thing is I became aware of all these other, all these other groups that aren't necessarily throwing sober parties, but they're th- providing environments mm-hmm. for people at, at um okay. you know music at music festivals like um uh for instance uh you know while i was a part of rave clean um i i had the opportunity to connect with uh pat Ochoa, who who is responsible for the insomniac consciousness group yeah. and insomniac is the is the huge event concert promoter in um you know it on the west coast yeah. and they do you know they do electric daisy carnival right. all of the all of the different electric daisy carnivals around you know around the country basically and so this group basically provides a sober place to go for people who you know who who want to learn more about recovery uh, possibly a safe space for someone who i, I mean i you're talking about like the sober I, I tent I yeah know yeah Right. Basic. Yeah. Right. Basically. Cool. So and and it's just expand. I mean, they have the blessing of, you know, of the guy who started Insomniac. Um, okay. And and I mean, there are sober camps at Burning Man. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, which uh, there's like at three or four of them that I know of. Um, you know, like but famously, in the, one of the oldest ones for uh, the Grateful Dead. What are they called? Like the Wharf Rats or something? Yeah. Or the, well, yeah. yeah. yeah the there's a balloon there. Yeah. There's always a balloon. Yeah. yeah. It was an AA meeting or is it a recovery mm-hmm. meeting, right? Yeah. At a Grateful Dead show. Yep. Right. And, and they do the same, the, I mean, they do the same thing for fish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know groups of guys that, that will tour with fish and they, and they do it sober and that's awesome. Yeah. You know, that they provide that, that safe space. Um, but if I had not been part of rave clean, I would have never known that that existed. Yeah. So that's um, it. Certainly, that was certainly one one of the biggest benefits of being a part of that. Yeah. Um, but again, I I really believe in the concept. I just I need <laughs> I need to take some time away from it, and then and then once I'm once I've dealt with all that, then I can decide whether or not once you go I'll, get rid of your resentments. See, that's an AA thing. You do some stuff um, in that work, right? Yeah, yeah. I it's yeah. <laughs> did people, did people uh, adhere to the sober environment? Yeah, that's yeah, or, that's yeah. Oh, I, I know when I was a troublemaking shitbag, I probably yeah, would have thought, scumbag, yeah, broke, broke scumbag. We yeah. were talking about that last year. You were like, oh, if yeah. I was still drinking, we'd go to Unite to Face Addiction drunk yeah. just to be an asshole. <laughs> but I don't well, know if we yeah. saw anyone there fucked up. No. We, no, no. no, we, there was. <laughs> did, we did, though. did we? We did. We didn't see anybody who was at our. No. Cert- I mean, I think the rave clean events were small enough uh-huh. to where we knew. I mean, the, <laughs> the people who were in Greensboro, the people who came from Raleigh, I literally knew, you know, 60, 70 percent of the people that were there. Yeah. And and the rest knew knew everybody else. So I 
based on what I saw, I can say that pretty much everybody there was sober. And if they weren't, they were hiding it really well. Right. There's no glarners <laughs> down there, man. That was the problem. No. Yeah. Um, uh, but so, hey, I feel like uh, we got you. You you'd mentioned in the pre-call that since we last spoke, and then even since we last saw you, that mm-hmm. your it sounded like your recovery had evolved, morphed, changed quite a bit. I feel like we got you off on a very professional side oh, of no. recovery. Business before <laughs> <It's> pleasure. <laughs> right. Business before recovery. Um, well, I mean, you know, first of all, just, just you know, rave clean. That Basically, that that whole thing happened. Gotcha. Um, and then, you know, I, I started dating again, and that's that's been amazing. Um, you know, I, it, it, I took two... I basically took two years off. Mm. I just... Um, didn't really, you know, I just, I was, I was tired and I needed to focus on, I needed to focus on me. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it was one of those suggestions I didn't take the first time around, you, you know, do not date the first, the first year you are in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you would give that advice to anyone. I think that's good advice. I think it's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I mean, we'll see the way. first, well, the first time I was in the first time out, I had, I was dating someone. And, uh, you know, we somehow made it through all that, but, you know, again, this was a person that I had, that I had used with mm-hmm. pretty, pretty extensively. And, you know, when you're in that situation and then all of a sudden you get sober and, you know, she had, she didn't get sober, but she certainly didn't drink as much. Um, we didn't really keep alcohol in the house, um, for a long time. And, when when those things go away and when you're not partying all the time all the problems that were there that the drugs were masking that the alcohol was masking they just fly to the surface mm-hmm. um and you combine that with the stress of having to maintain sobriety um it 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 was just it was too much and of course you know there was, you know, there was weed in the house. There was marijuana in the house. So I went on the marijuana maintenance plan for probably about a year and a half. You people in your marijuana maintenance. That's yeah. That old chestnut. Jeez. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Right, you gave it a good shot. And, 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 it didn't, good. and it didn't and it didn't work. It didn't work. You know, no. it just, I That's I, the most I heartbreaking used... thing about it. Yeah. Like, fuck, it doesn't work. <laughs> it, it sounds, sounds so, so good. good. It sounds yeah, so like, good. <laughs> how can this fail? I know. How can it fail? Yeah. Fuck. And then it fails. It fails. It it failed a big way. It's <laughs> weed. Um, but uh, you know, as much as I, you know, as much as I say it failed, I am definitely in support sure. legalization. Oh, yeah. I think it's. Oh, yeah. I, I think the war on drugs is an utter failure, and I think we just need to go ahead and accept it and and give people freedom of choice. You know. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. I mean, we do with alcohol, and we figured out that alcohol prohibition was useless. I mean, it resulted in 13 years of gang violence. Yeah. Um, and wow, you know what's going on? What's going on today? Mm-hmm. Same thing, just on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so um, but as far can't live with them. Yeah. yeah, tell me about it. Uh, so, <laughs> so so you got back but, in the dating pool. Yeah, this yeah, time, and this time did you use Match dot com or any kind of internet hookup? Oh God, things? God no, no. no, 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 no. Okay. No, so um, she we we actually met we actually met at a rave clean event, oh, um, okay. and so she, you know she's in recovery and uh, you know when I you know she's 
really good about calling her sponsor. And she had two sponsees when I first met her. And, you know, I, I just got my first sponsee this year, like wow. after six, six and a half years in recovery. So, wow. Wow. good yeah. for you. Um, you know, so that's, that's so kind of a your, step. Your woman's in recovery right now. Yep. And she has more, she actually has more time than I do. Does she call you on um, your shit then, right? She's she like, dude, you need to go to a meeting. Post oh, yeah. She'll, she'll every now, I mean, she isn't going to like it, you know, it's not like a, you know, it's not like some blatant. Yeah. It's just like, She's not it's just kind of this. Yeah. Oh God, no, not at all. Um, you know, um, but it, you know, it's just, it's been great. I mean, we just celebrated 18 months together, um, on, on Monday. So, um, so right. We, we, um, did we meet her? She came to DC. Yeah. Yeah, No, you totally. And we were, we had been together for six months. Right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to, I was trying to put the timelines together. I didn't want to be like, yeah, and we met your significant, uh, and then uh, have it be, be some, wrong. Yeah, no, no, so yeah. no, no, the no. numbers check out. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on eighteen months, brother. Yeah, um, you know, and and I mean, again, it's 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 amazing when you know when you meet someone and they're in recovery and you're in recovery, and you've even halfway learned any of the tools in recovery. And again, I'm I'm not. I came from a 12 step background, but I don't, I don't think that the 12 step model is the right approach for anyone by a long shot. Um, we both for just have one or everyone yeah. for I, for, for everyone. Okay. I, sorry. I, did I say anyone? You said anyone. Hmm. Sorry. Um, but, um, well, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, um, but, but in, in, no, no, in any case, though. that's where that's, that's the place where we both come from. So I I think as long as I I think as long as you have that, when you have two people in recovery and you have two people who who have pretty strong recovery, I I think it, I think it can work really well. That's good. Um, I I don't think I could date someone who is not in recovery. Wow. Like I just, I, I, see some people are like, think they can't date people in recovery if they're in recovery. Cause Whatever, but that's good. That's good. You know that you can't date someone because, that's not in recovery. Mm-hmm. Well, the the problem, uh, you know, again, the problem with me is that if I see someone engaging in the behavior, oh look at them, they're you know they can have one yeah. beer, they can have one drink. It, after I know Plays myself, and yeah. I know I, I know myself to the point where I know six months later I'm going to be sitting there thinking, you know, damn it, yeah. Why, why can't I just enjoy, you know, enjoy this with my significant other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, and, and I know that's where my mind goes. Now that's not everybody, but that's, sure. but that's, again, that's my experience. And that's critical um, to, I mean, know your individual, I mean, uh, your recovery yourself yeah. to know yourself. I mean, right. right. It's like there, there are no hard and fast rules. No. Yeah. No. That's a good point. No, there, there aren't any. And, you know, again, just to go back to that point, there are lots of different ways to, to find recovery and, and not everybody went through what I went through. Again, a lot of people are able to, um, a a lot of people are able to stop themselves or they're able to, you know, they find yoga or they find some sort of spiritual practice that, that, you know, that takes them, um, yeah. That that helps that helps them on that path. Right. I mean, you know, I think I think I mentioned, you know, when we were talking in the in the pre-call, 
um, you know, I, I, I go back to it, Holly from hip sobriety. Mm. Um, you know, it's just, it's kind of, it's just been amazing to see all these people that I have met, that I met at United face addiction and how much they've, you know, they've just grown what, what it is they're, what it is they're doing. And she, I mean, she and Laura with their home podcast, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, it's just off the charts and I couldn't be happier for them. Um, but again, you know, there's, there's another example, you know, Holly's idea of recovery for herself. Yeah. And, and that speaks to a particular audience. It speaks to a really wide audience. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's awesome. You know, because I'm, I am all in favor of society moving more towards, healthy living and getting away from, you know, drugs or alcohol, certainly as a, as a, you know, all the time kind of social panacea, social panacea, right? Because it it, it causes tremendous health problems and it it also causes a lot of, of difficulties in relationships. It causes difficulties at work. I mean, just well, those, even those even problems across the spectrum, right? I mean, social yeah, problems, right. economic problems. I mean, it's just vehicular issues. <laughs> That's right. On occasion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Grooming. Yeah. Challenges. <laughs> I want to hear. So Chris had told <laughs> us groom, before groom. the uh, that you guys were doing the Friday um, recovery, mix. recovery mix. Yes. Yes. And was it, whose um, idea was this? But it sounds amazing. That that's that was his. Yeah, I mean, I he's a I, I name. He nice. told us to ask that question. Yeah. Who came up with that? <laughs> that no. genius I, idea. Chris, <laughs> that guy. No, he he totally he totally came up with it, and I I you know I saw it on the website. And I it's thought, cool. Well, here's, here's, that's I'm, a recovery. I'm, I'm clarify a couple recovery. things. It, but it's, it's a mu- it's things. music to recover. But by. I want to clarify. Oh, sorry. It, it, not necessarily to recovery. Here's the thing. So okay. months, no, probably a year ago. Um, Leia, and I hope I'm, I've, I've only seen it written, so I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right. L-E-I-Y-A, um, a DJ, a Canadian DJ. Okay. I'd been talking to her, and she had offered to do a mix, and so I thought this would be cool to do a mix series. Yeah. And then just for whatever reason, and then along the way, I've, I've met other DJs in recovery, notably uh, the one we're talking to, DJ FM. Yep. Um, and also uh, Garrett Brockman, uh Blackout from L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, DJs do a lot who, of drugs, right? Who, <laughs> right? <laughs> who, uh, who, who's the um, the founder of Alta Center that we had on the podcast, yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. then uh, Alan B. Uh, from the U.K. And uh, so I've gotten to know all these DJs, and so it, it came up again recently when I was talking to Megan, who's a huge super fan of the show, um, and who has uh, um, a site a different kind of sober. She's been a terrific supporter of the show, and we were talking music. She's, I think you she's might. actually she's actually tweeting about it right now. Oh, she is. Yeah, um, she's she's. So I'm trying I'm trying to maintain like looking at the chat room. Nobody's in the chat room, but she's definitely tweeting. She's so tweeting. I'm like, well, hey, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> what happened? But so uh, so. Um, I don't know. I think you were probably in on this. Sometimes every time music comes up on Twitter, I feel like you're, you're involved in the, the recovery music um, and, and and we get back and forth. So you might have been involved in this and mm-hmm. we're throwing songs back and forth one like Friday or something. Yeah. And uh, Megan said she do a mix. So I did a mix. And then I said, do you want to do the next one? She said, sure. And so she, she was the catalyst for re- um, reviving this notion of recovery mix. And so now... Uh, Alan B, 
from the UK is going to be our, our resident first Friday of the month DJ on the site. Uh, DJ FM is doing the, the, the next mix on the 14th. So Alan B will be on the 7th, uh, DJ FM on the 14th. And then we've got mixes coming from Garrett Brockman, DJ Blackout and Leia. Um, and then we'll just see where it goes from That's there. Awesome. And, uh, I'm hoping, uh, that, uh, John here, uh, has more than one, one in him, yeah. um, for us. So that's awesome. And, do you, and, and the idea is just, oh. uh, it's 12 songs that somehow relate to your recovery. Nice. Um, <laughs> okay. And, and Megan, Megan is tweeting. She says, please don't talk about me. Sorry, Megan. We're talking about well, you. Megan. North Carolina, what up? <laughs> <laughs> NC represent. Yo, yo. I'm not. I'm NC not represent. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's that's recovery that's mix, awesome. and it's. I think it's gotten a great yeah track every and Friday, just, and I think it's interesting. To me, it's interesting. It's a it's yeah. a way because it doesn't have to be super literal, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's you know just music that somehow speaks personally to the person putting it out there, um, and somehow means something to them and then i think anybody in recovery could probably put on somebody else's recovery and feel it yeah you know I'm, i feel like it you know there's a shorthand yeah anyway yeah so yeah I'm, and I'm i think excited. and for for me i think that's my mix is more about creating a mood than it sure. is about telling a, a literal story i think it all i think it always is so you know for me it's basically going to be a journey a musical journey for me from the point where I discovered electronic dance music, you know, in the early nineties, um, up to basically the point where I first entered treatment. Nice. Um, and you know, somehow I'm going to try and find 12 songs that, that can make that jump, um, you know, across 14 years, but you know, we'll see. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So that's, I, I mean, I think that's, the responsibility of a DJ is to create the mood. Yeah. You, yeah. No matter no matter what it is, whether you're trying to create a relaxed mood or whether you want the crowd to get hype, I mean, I, I think that's just the DJ's responsibility is the mood, not necessarily a message. And also yeah. to save um, lives. That's right. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this isn't brain surgery. This is DJing. Right. This saves lives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that. Well, good no, point, I'm though. excited. I can't. I, I know. That's I, a, I'm that could excited. be a that this could be a T-shirt. DJ DJing saves lives. That's yeah. going to be a T-shirt. Right, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that. Chris, Go please don't trade. Yeah, please don't trademark yeah. that. No, that's all yours. No memes tonight, Chris. All yours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, I, uh, and uh, it is a great idea, uh, though. And I wonder. I'm, I can't wait to battle test it to see if it works for other things. Like, can I work out to this? Recovery mix. Recovery mix? Recovery. Or, or can I just recover to it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was trying to work out to this recovery mix, but I couldn't. All yeah, I, I could do is stand there. I put it on, on at work, mix. and I got sober again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, and speaking of trademarking, that was another thing that happened. I've actually um, – and. Entered the process of trademarking uh, DJFM finally after oh. after eight eighteen so years. Such a badass handle! Congratulations! And so yeah, I got registered. I got it. I got very low. Well, I it's in the first three months right now. So they're basically they're ba- basically doing their first pass at it to see if there are any immediate objections, and yeah. then they send it back to you. Know, and then it, they send it back to my lawyer, and he calls me up, and he's like, "Okay, I need more money. We got to do." This. 
this. Right. Um, and I knew it was going to, I knew it was going to be like that, but I got very lucky early on because I was able to buy djfm.com back in 1998. Wow. Um, mm. you know, when nobody had, I, I couldn't believe that nobody had taken it. Yeah. And, you know, so I just, I, you know, I scooped it up. Um, Speaking and of it, which, have you, just on a side note, have you seen the movie about the DJ named for the other frequency? That, <laughs> I ha- that was actually going to be my next, uh, what I was going to talk about next, uh, the, yeah. the DJ AM story. Um, it, that was something. Have you, have you seen it? I haven't it? seen it yet. I've heard what it's is terrific. It? It's, um, it's a documentary about uh, DJ AM, who, yeah. was, who was basically... Um, I mean, he's, I'm, I'm much more of just a rave DJ. Like I just do a continuous mix. I don't, I don't scratch. I don't, you know, no, no crazy tricks or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And he was definitely much more of a turntablist. Like he was an, he was really an artist with, with the records themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he basically, he popularized the concept of a mashup, which is the idea of taking, you know, diverse, music from diverse genres and putting, yeah. putting putting them together in a way that people would dance to or i mean you know the other like you know like groups like producers like girl talk who take right. the vocal from one song and then put it over the instrumental for another and you wouldn't think they would go together but um but they do yeah like um stuff like that and you know he really popularized that and he was in recovery right um you know, he, I mean, he had a lot of time. I mean, he mm-hmm. s- spoke at meetings, did, I mean, did a lot of, a, a lot of service work, which I had no idea. I mean, just things that, that, you know, I mean, and he was in, uh, he was in the second Iron Man movie, you know, he was, know yeah. yeah I, I and, you know, with Robert Downey Jr., who of Very course outspoken. is also, like, also in recovery. Hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I, I have a, a huge amount of aspiration for or aspiration inspiration yeah. because of his story mm-hmm. um so awesome. but it's de- definitely worth watching it's absolutely worth watching yeah it's on my list i gotta get to it um <laughs> no DJ honestly I, still haven't, I i want to see that i still haven't watched the amy story either i watched that that was good yeah amy Winehouse. oh yeah no, that's good but uh it's good. anyway well hey uh what was I going to say? Did we we sort of mixed in there? No pun intended. Um, <laughs> I like we talked did. about some of okay. what you've got going on, but why don't you make sure everybody knows where to find you in all your different efforts? Sure. Um, well, of course, my music is djfm.com. Slow down. Um, that's my pen. <laughs> that's I know. Not .net or .org. How'd you do that? <laughs> I actually do have djfm.org. I think. I'm not, I'm not, it just redirects, but djfm.com and you can find links to my YouTube page, my Twitter, uh, SoundCloud, everything is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, basically that's, that's, that's the hub right? yeah. that you, you go there, you can find me everywhere else. Um, and then I also have a blog, which I, a recovery blog, which I moved, I just recently moved from Tumblr to WordPress is probably one of the best things I think i could have done for it yeah. um just because i tend to be pretty long-winded right. <laughs> um but uh it's called mylaststand.org um 
and it, it's named after my artist album, Last Man Standing. Um, and so the blog is mylaststand.org. Um, and I just write about, I write about different things. I mean, I write about, you know, just things I go through in recovery. Um, I'm trying to pull over posts from, you know, from the Tumblr account that probably didn't get, you know, that didn't get the viewership that they could have and occasionally reintroduce those. But just, just my experiences, um, things like, I highly recommend John's posts as well. They're, uh, insightful and despite him saying long winded, it's, it's not, uh, it's absolutely worth, worth your time. So, um, well, cool. but yeah, that's, I mean, those, those are the two, those are the two things that I have really going on right now, my music and, and just my recovery blog. And that's what I, outside of, you know, work and relationships and my own recovery, that's what I focus on. But it all, it all sort of seems to come together. You know, one can't really have one without the other. Um, so, but, uh, and did, did we, uh, did we, do we cover what you, yeah, we all wanted to all cover in. what yeah. you wanted to cover? Um, because we'll have you back. I, yeah. I didn't know if there was we'll anything. We'll try to get everything second half right. of that. Yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> Repeat. And we won't wait a no. year again. Any burning yeah. desires. That's what we're in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. What burning is desires. a burning desire? What does um, that mean? To I go use? say that at the well, very end of a meeting. Like if someone's got to say something oh. and they're going to drink if they don't get it out, but they didn't get called on. So they say, are there any burning desires? Which means like, I got to get this out right now. I'm going to use tonight. Right. Interesting. I mean. And. And I'm going to tell you, it's never gone down that way in any meeting that I've ever been in. It's usually just ended up being somebody speaking for five minutes. Yeah. When right. It was, yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. But that's that's what a burning desire is supposed to be. Right. But um, a burning sensation, that's different. That means you got yeah, something. Any burning sensations? Any burning sensations? <laughs> yeah, a, meeting, a meeting won't help you with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, John. Yeah. Thank you, brother. No, thank you so much uh, for having me back. Oh. And we are, I think we're seriously going to talk to you, if not about it being you, but to pick your brain on how we can finally get around to maybe doing this thing that's been on our calendar off and on for over a year mm-hmm. and have a sober. I like a rave. Rave or night somehow. But uh, okay. anyway, that, we'll sure. do that off, off air. Um, okay. Thanks for coming back after year. We got to don't wait so long next time. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely, Matt. It's great. It's great to All talk right. to you guys. All right, great to talk All to right. you, man. Right, man. I'm going to play your song now. You're cool. you're going to be played out to your own music. They're, nice. playing, they're playing our song. Uh what do you think of that? What are you doing? <laughs> dropping a beat? You going to spit fire? <laughs> Peace. You can't see it, but I am. Oh, nice. My 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 office is literally on fire right now. <laughs> um. All right, man. Thanks. Cool. Bye. Yeah. Have a keep it gangster.